from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And good Friday morning, listeners. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that recognizes and salutes women leaders making an impact. I am your enthusiastic host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our guest today, Lori Hoffman. Lori Hoffman owns Work as Worship, and I'm so excited for her to tell us all about Work as Worship. In addition, she is a facilitator for Iron Forums. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thanks, Amanda. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. It's a beautiful day, and we're seated mm -hmm. here at Gas South Convention Center. There's a lot of things going on tonight. There's a frontline policy gala, which I understand you're going to be attending. I will be. And so you're going to be circling around town I know. all day long. Thank you for your time today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Let's start with telling our listeners about Work as Worship. Um, just the, the depth, breadth, and vision of the company. Right. Well, I launched Work as Worship in 2017, actually. And under Work as Worship, I do a lot of work for nonprofit organizations in the area of fundraising and strategy. And for small businesses, I do some business consulting and business development work. So one of the things that I have done recently, which is super exciting, and it's sort of how I got on the show today, is take on the responsibility for the women at Sugarloaf, the forum, women's forum at Sugarloaf. So that's just really been something new that I'm very excited about, and I hope your listeners will enjoy learning about too. I would like to learn a little bit more. Can you give us a brief overview of what that event or what that group might entail? Yeah, sure. So it's been 20 years since Gary Smith, our founder, launched Iron Forums. And it was launched in order to serve business owners um, who were trying to grow their business and also integrate their faith. And so there is, I believe, eight Iron Forum groups throughout Metro Atlanta. And they serve principally business owners who are men. And for many, many years, their wives, their business partners who were female, their executives and other business owners would say, where's my Iron Forums? I would like to have an Iron Forums because we meet once a month and it's just a really robust um, interaction and a lot of really amazing learning peer-to-peer. -peer. And so they didn't really have an option for the women business owners. And so earlier in the spring... I have to say, I was praying. I was like, Lord, I really want to use my time wisely, and I want to know, you know, what's your priority? And would you believe, he just sort of spoke to my heart, and he said, why don't you reach out to Iron Forums and see if you can start a women's Iron Forum? And I thought, that's a crazy idea. So, you know, I went ahead and talked to the board, made a pitch, and they were excited about it. And so within a very short time, in fact, in April, we launched our first Women's Iron Forum. Wow. Isn't that cool? April of this year. Yes. Congratulations. April 2023. Uh-huh. It's cool. Well, I tip my hat to you for recognizing a need within the existing organization and speaking about it. Right. And, and now it is, um, you know, it is in fruition and people can participate. Yes. I know you and I kind of tossed around the idea of, of me learning more and I'm still excited to do so. Yes. I do just want to read something that I web on your, read on your website earlier today, and it stood out to me. And um, maybe are these your, um, are these your, what do they call it? I don't know. Truth, transparency, transaction, and transformation. Right. Those are like our core values. Your core values. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So we really have built an organization around those four uh, 
you know, those, those four cultural values, I guess you could say, we're committed to truth in our relationships and in our businesses. We um, are committed to transparency, being vulnerable and teachable, um, and also just, um, you know, really changing, not just for change sake, but changing so that we can become better people and serve the world in a way that really transforms others. That's so exciting. It is. I know that some of my local community partners participate in the group. We'll go ahead and give um, Gabrielle a shout out and also Chrissy, as you know, that they are uh, sponsors of the series with Sourced. And that's how we got connected. It totally is. And I was shocked that they would uh, suggest to you that you reach out to me just because it's such a new work and we're still, you know, proving ourselves. But um, I, I do. I love Chrissy and Gabrielle, and they've been part of our success. So I will tell you, just as I've had the great pleasure of being a part of this series for several years now, what they identified wasn't necessarily what you're doing with Iron Forms because it's new. They were taking into consideration you as a woman in its entirety, the impact that you make individually, within the marketplace, and personally. So I'm sure that you and your outstanding qualities all meet the criteria of the powerhouse woman, even before the Iron Forum started. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, Amanda. Um, another one of our core values is humility. And so when people talk about me in the way that you're saying, it it's, just makes me blush. Yes. Your, your listeners can't see me blushing. <laughs> and maybe you can't either because I have makeup on, Yeah, but I am. Well, I do that well. I lift others up. I too I find it hard that. to speak about myself. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of pivot a little bit because I'm curious how you got into the world of service. Mm-hmm. What you do um, for a living is very service oriented. And as we were talking about Rotary earlier, service above self. Mm-hmm. So where did the, the fire kind of ignite inside of you to begin this journey? That's a great question. And maybe some of your listeners will relate to the phrase, jack of all trades, but master of none. Mm-hmm. Because my career has been made up of a lot of experiences and opportunities that didn't seem obviously connected, but then when you look back, they all kind of led to the point where I'm at right now. And so uh, I you know, was raised in a family that really believed in the concept of giving back, and no matter what we had or didn't have, we would find a way to serve others. And that, as a person of faith, is you know, one of my principal Um, you know, priorities, I guess you could say. But my business has been a result of a lot of neat experiences with my family. Uh, My father was a business owner, and he really struggled in the later years of his business. It seemed like it was not flourishing. And so he called me one day, and I was doing some, uh, I was leading an organization up in Tennessee. And he said, Lori, I am not having success in this business, and I'm really tired do you think that you would be able to come and work in this business and help me turn it around? And it was actually about ready to go bankrupt. And so I didn't want to go, Amanda, because I was really invested in that organizational mission that Mm. I was serving in Tennessee. But I felt God call me to go serve my family because it's like, well, you know, what else can you do? I was um, divorced at the time, no children. And I thought, you know, who, if not me, who? And so I did go out to Colorado and I worked in my family's business for a couple of years and we did a strategic turnaround. And it was during that time that I really found, I, I really had always loved business, but I had gotten off on the track of being a nonprofit executive. Mm. And it's easy to do that because, you know, nonprofits have great missions and when you find something you're passionate about, then you just step into that world and you don't really look back. But what happened to me was God, through that my my father's um, plea for help, 
he pivoted me back into business. Mm -hmm. It was like a boomerang. And so I stepped into business and I found that I really loved it. I love the whole idea of bringing um, my best to business relationships. And it's interesting because many people say, well, business is so much about capitalism and getting what you can and making, you know, a dollar and stepping over people to get where you need to go or where you want mm -hmm. to go, right? So business has a bit of a bad rap, I think. But when you bring your um, faith into that uh, business opportunity mm -hmm. and you really look to serve people, as you were just saying, then you see that the water's kind of part and you're able to do things that you never thought possible. I understand it can be scary taking that leap of totally. faith. Totally. And you dove right on in uh, with the plunge. Yes. Looking back, you know, they always say hindsight's twenty twenty. Would you have done anything different? <laughs> I was so unhappy to do it at the time. I had such a tam temper tantrum. I did not want to go to Colorado and work in my dad's business. I didn't like his business. I didn't understand it. And so I really had a bit of a meltdown. Uh, it was just me, myself, and I, and of course, God. And what I really loved was how patient God was with me because after I calmed down, he just really showed me the value of what he was going to do in my life and through me. And so um, looking back, I think that what I would have done is I probably wouldn't have been so adamantly against it. I'm kind of that way when I see something, I make a quick judgment. And what I've learned as I've gotten older is I've learned that maybe that quick judgment is not always the accurate um, judgment. Mm -hmm. And so in hindsight, I wished I hadn't have had such a terrible time of it. I wish I would have been more agreeable. But I think in that, going to help my father for those two years, and it was a lot of work, and it wasn't a business that I knew anything about. But you know what? What's cool about business is you can learn it. And I know you've learned the radio business. <laughs> so there was a time when you didn't know radio. And there was a time when I did not know the business concepts that I know now. So it's all about learning and bringing our best to that. And being up for the challenge, like yes. you said, having that open mind. And now you have an array of tools in your box yes. that not, weren't necessarily there before. Totally. I'd like to go back to Tennessee, if we may. And is that where you grew up? No. I was... Um, Born in Athens, Georgia. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was raised in Florida. My oh. parents were from Iowa. And I moved here from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so you see that I have a lot of states in my background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you went to the University of Florida. I did. Congratulations. I don't know if that's a good thing in Georgia. <laughs> I know. A dear friend of mine is a UF fan, so definitely oh, no. cheers there. Yeah. Take me um, from your college days on. What were the next steps there in your life? Well, one thing that's been really pivotal in my career is what I did to provide education for myself. I was the oldest of four and I didn't have, um, I didn't come from a family that could, you know, finance my college. So I had to figure out a way to, to pay for that. And the way I did that was I sold books door to door for six summers. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. National Geographic? No. Not Encyclopedias? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And um, I learned how to sell and I learned how to work really hard and how to recruit a team and lead. So those were really valuable skills. So when I left college, I thought to myself, I want to stay in sales because that I mean, it makes sense. But the sales positions I got really weren't very fulfilling. And I made the, the terrible mistake of selling things that I didn't 
like I wasn't passionate about, right? And they always say, if you don't love something, then you shouldn't sell it, right? But anyway, um, I did have a couple of small businesses that I ran, and somehow I got myself to North Carolina, and I was able to um, hear about an organization that was involved with helping women who were in unplanned pregnancy. And so through that, I became a volunteer and subsequently began running the local pregnancy care center in North Carolina. And I did that for about 11 years. And I became a trainer nationally for other pregnancy centers and taught a lot of fundraising principles to their boards of directors. And then it was in that season where God called me to Colorado to work in my dad's business. So you see, I went from business into nonprofit, Mm -hmm. and I love that. And then when I went back into business, I've just stayed in business um, since then. What were some obstacles that presented themselves along the way um, during your journey that you had to overcome? That's a very good question. Um, I think that um, growing up as the oldest of four, I did have some self-confidence. But I've noticed that um, a lot of times I second-guess myself. And I find that I'm not always 100% sure of the direction I should go in. And so that insecurity or that lack of confidence was something I had to overcome. And I had to really... um, you know, see professional counseling, not counseling, but coaching. Mm -hmm. And I really believe in coaching because I think that sometimes when we get stuck or we come up against a wall, um, it's, it's really important to get a trusted partner into the conversation so that you can, um, understand what you sound like and what you might be experiencing from their point of view. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I had to overcome. And I didn't have, you know, I had a general business degree. I went back and got my MBA later in life. And, um, you know, a lot of the um, growth opportunities for women um, throughout my career have been in the more specialty areas. Like if you know HR, Mm -hmm. or if you are, you know, a really strong marketing person. And now we've just gotten to the point where a lot of our educational degrees are very specialized. Well, I'm a more of a generalist. And so sometimes that served me well. And sometimes it was a detriment because they wanted somebody who had, you know, the engineering, for example, or they wanted somebody with a scientific chemistry background. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that. I was general business. So I think that was. And then the other thing was just um, I didn't have as many mentors to really help me through, you know, navigate some of those early days of career. And so I've really made it a priority as I have, you know, become more mature in my career to really look for um, younger women who are professionally driven, who really want to grow, and they want to be able to, you know, have their impact on the world. So I'm committed to mentoring, you know, the generation behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They always say you have to reach back and pull the next person I believe in that. I do too. I believe in that. You mentioned being the oldest of four. Yes. Tell me what it was like growing up as the oldest of four and share with me one of your most fond childhood memories. Okay. Well, um, I think that if you would ask my brother and sisters (laughs) about what it was like to have me as a sister, they would say I was very bossy. And I just have always been a leader. And, and of course, you have to learn to, uh, you know, to lead well. Okay. Um, But in the early days, I was just, uh, you know, tell people what to do. That's what a leader did. So I had a lot of, um, uh, my, my siblings looked up to me and I was put in charge a lot, of course. And, um, living in Florida when I was growing up, it was an ideal, like sort of, um, you know, um, it was a childhood that was really magical in a way because we lived right down the road from the beach And uh, we had a lot of freedom to ride bicycles and, and such like that. And so one time when I was living in Florida, 
And I was very entrepreneurial. I mean, you know, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. A lot of entrepreneurs, you can see it, even in when they're little, yeah. right? So I went to my father, and I said, Dad, I want to start a ballet school. Now I'm 12, mm-hmm. okay? And so my dad, um, being just a real supportive person, he went to the equivalent of a Home Depot, right? Because they didn't have Home Depots back in the 70s, I don't think. But he built me a ballet bar and installed some mirrors, and I swept out the garage and and cleaned out the cement floor, and I went around my neighborhood, and I had little flyers printed up um, (laughs) that I was going to teach little girls how to be a ballerina. And so um, that was just a really cool thing that I did. I had two different rounds of six-week uh, lessons, uh-huh. right? Because it was in the summer. Yeah. And that just really whet my appetite for, um, you know, starting businesses and, you know, looking around me to see what the need might be. Because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my mother would say to me, Lori, you're so clumsy. You know, you just like, when we'd be walking side by side, I would like trip, but yeah, trump, trip uh-huh. into her, you know, or not walk in a straight line. And she was just always saying, Lori, you're so clumsy. Well, I was tall for my age. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, that makes you awkward. So long story short, my mother decided, yes, we need to put Lori in ballet lessons to make her more graceful so that she can learn. Was this before or after you started your studio? This was before. Okay. Okay. So here I am, you know, learning how to be more graceful and, and, you know, whatever. And so that's something that I was like, well, this helped me a lot. So now I want to help these other little girls in the neighborhood learn to, you know, walk well and to be graceful and be balanced. And so this is sort of how leadership is. You, you get poured into in your life in all these weird and amazing and awesome ways. And then you take what that investment was and you think about how you might be able to bring some um, encouragement in that way, right? And that's what, that's what growing up in Florida was able to do for me. <laughs> that's <an> outstanding. <laughs> Congratulations weird. to you. What was your ballet school called, Lori? It, it was the, the it was the ballet school the ballet school one twenty four Palm Street ballet school <laughs> I love that and I can imagine how fulfilling that was very unique that your mom decided that ballet yes. would help with um you know being clumsy being clumsy and it awkward makes sense totally I was always falling and bruising my my knees you know I just I was taller than mm-hmm. I you know I was just so tall mm-hmm. and I was lanky and not coordinated you know I have been called a bull in a china shop myself but I don't think (laughs) not nearly as she didn't say that that to me but I don't know that's more of a recent phrase um for those of you just joining us my guest today is Lori Hoffman of work as worship and also I in forums and when we return from our break we're going to pick up where we left off awesome NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, 
marketing, or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back, friends. You know this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women's making an impact in our community. And I said women's plural, not just women singular. Um, welcoming back Lori Hoffman. Before the break, we were learning a little bit about her early entrepreneurship and starting her ballet school in her garage in Florida. <laughs> and that is so exciting to me. I'd like to take a turn, Lori, and speak about leadership. You are exposed to leaders of all types as you help uh, form them and and you work with them throughout your coaching and you yourself are a leader too, not only of your organization, but your family. Um, but also you are, you are, um, an individual leader for Christianity as well. So I'm curious, what qualities do you admire within a good leader? That is an excellent topic of conversation, Amanda. And I'm glad that I, you know, had shared with your listeners and with you that, you know, being a person of faith, that informs everything that I do. And over the years, I've seen that whatever I can't do, God can do. And so I would like to just say, you know, one of the top things for a woman of faith as she looks to develop her leadership is someone who really has uh, a vibrant relationship with God. And there's a lot of ways to get that through, you know, uh, having relationships and friendships with other uh, people of faith, um, you know, getting in God's Word every day, uh, praying, uh, attending a church um, you know, in her area. So I just really encourage women to, because, it, you know, women are busy. Um, they are raising families. They're trying to be great wives. They're running their businesses and caring for their parents and, you know, volunteering and showing up at church how they do. And it's really easy to have that time with God squeezed out. And I feel like the more you can fight to get that time, the more um, balanced, peaceful, and, um, confident you'll be, not in yourself so much, but in God and what he wants to do through you. Because I believe that every woman um, has a calling on her life. God has put eternity in her heart, and there's something special for the season of life in which she finds herself. And so I really love to encourage women to um, spend time in God's Word. And the other thing I like to encourage women is to find, um, to be teachable. I guess you could say, you know, to be a lifelong learner. And that includes looking at uh, role models. You know, what are some people uh, that they can follow on social media? What are some local uh, women and men that can mentor them and give them a, uh, inspire them to be the best that they can be? And um, the other thing that I really encourage women is to be interested in other people, uh, to put others before yourself. And it's really an epidemic how few people feel cared for, right? So um, I heard recently a woman saying, you know, I go and I, I ask people about themselves and I learn about them, but then nobody ever asks me about me. And she says, other people I say that to say that's what it's like for them. And so I do believe there's a really serious shortage of people willing to both share themselves vulnerably, but also listen to others. And I believe that's the greatest thing that we can do for people that we lead is to know them and to listen to them. <laughs> and then also to, um, to be vulnerable. It's don't take yourself too seriously, which is easy to do in today's world is just to think everything is just a crisis and that, um, there's just, um, you know, uh, a time for you to not feel a sense of 
validation. But when you really are vulnerable about that, and when you speak up and say, this is what I need, can you help me with this? I find that people are really willing to step in to that need. I myself can, um, uh, I associate with a lot of things that you just said. So that is very powerful. Thank you for sharing. Going along the same uh, vein of leadership, I'm curious throughout your growth as a professional, who was influential to you? Well, certainly my parents. You've, you've heard a few of those stories, right? When my dad passed away, it was such a void because he really was a great dad. And um, I looked to him a lot for encouragement. And he was a great sounding board. And uh, so I think, uh, it, you know, sometimes our parents can be that for us. But I've also uh, had um, in the sales business, I had the people that were leading me in the uh, selling books door to door. They were so inspirational and so motivational. And I learned a lot about those qualities from them. Uh, when I was working in the pregnancy care center organization, I learned a lot about fundraising and how to, you know, help boards of directors be the best they can. So they were mentors in that season of my life. And now as a small business owner serving other small businesses, I find myself really attracted to women and men who are, um, you know, working hard to fulfill their calling, which is a small business. I think small business owners are my heroes because they really are willing to take risks. They're willing to um, live without a confidence of a, you know, paycheck. They have to work so, so hard. And yet they are some of the most encouraging and brightest people that I know. So I, I, I love to uh, find men and women around me that are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs that can really help me stay centered on why I'm in business. I like that. Lori, I want to talk a little bit about iron forums. And we've all heard the saying, and in fact, it's associated with the scripture, iron sharpens iron. Right. And that's on the forefront of your website. And I'd like to give you a moment to talk about Iron Forums and the great work that you guys are doing. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, so, um, Proverbs 27, 17, as you just said, iron sharpening iron. That's a really neat concept. And even in the secular marketplace, that's a concept that people understand and embrace, you know, iron sharpening iron. And Iron Forums is serving men and women now who are finding themselves growing businesses, trying to scale them in a very unsteady, unstable market economy. And there is a lot of um, uncertainty, and there's a lot of um, changes happening every single day. And so when you're called to lead your business and to grow it, sometimes it's lonely, and you really don't have the knowledge that you need because we are specialized people. We know what we know, but what we don't know is what we don't know. And that is where the danger can set in. And so in the power of this peer uh, format, we are learning from one another and we're saying, you know, here's what I've learned and what do you know that I don't know? And so that discipline of working on your business regularly versus always working in your business, you know, the tyranny of the urgent where you're just doing the business, whatever that looks like for you, and just working as hard as you can. But maybe there's value in stepping away and working on the business with other people who are also sharp and know things and have experiences that can help inform you. And so this Iron Forums meets once a month for a half day, and we just spend that time really um, unpacking business concepts, 
looking at it through a lens of faith, trying to understand how we can use our businesses as mission or ministry, and also how we can um, get better ourselves, how we can get to be better wives, how we can be a better parent. Um, and I, I, I've never met anybody ever that didn't have a burden that they were carrying. And to that point, Iron Forums really leans into that because a lot of times people don't want to hear your problems because they got a lot of their own. But in that environment, you're able to say, I don't know this or I don't know how or I need help with or I don't know what to do. And you have the prayer support and the wisdom, a sounding board, and just that encouragement, empathy. That's what really what we, you know, what you know, what, what it looks like. It feels like empathy, right? So it's a, it's a great discipline. And I'm, I highly recommend it for business owners and for um, nonprofit executives. How could someone learn more? Is it a closed group? Is it membership? I most certainly would like to learn more and participate. Right. How would one uh, do so if able? Right. Well, we have a really unique way of introducing people to Iron Forums. We just encourage uh, someone who's interested to come as our guest. And to set that day aside and to come and experience it, uh, no strings attached. And then from that, you'll know whether or not it's a good fit for you. And you can go to the ironforums.org website and you can put in a request or, you know, reach out to you, Amanda, Mm -hmm. or the sourced Mm -hmm. uh, women. And and they can connect you with myself and the other facilitators across the metro Atlanta area. Amazing. I'm so excited for the years that are upcoming as this is just the inception. And I know that it's going to continue to grow and flourish. Yes, yes, for sure. I told you before the show that I would like to play a word association game with you. Yes, you did. And we've already talked about a lot of these things, but I'm curious how you define or the first things that come to mind when Mm -hmm. I share these with you. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is what does perseverance mean to you? Tenacity. Yeah. Um, Sometimes tenacity is something that um, can get you in trouble because if you don't know when to quit and when to back off, you can, you know, you can crash and burn. But more often than not, just having the perseverance to stay with something long enough to see it through to its fruition and its success is really um, commitment. It's not something that's easy to gain unless you actually practice it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Next would be innovation. Creativity. Is that not obvious? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how much you want me to say about that, but, you know, the world is made up of the latest, greatest, best idea. And um, I find that even people who don't think that they are innovative or creative can actually innovate and create in different realms. Mm -hmm. For example, my mother is an artist, and I don't do that, but I love to get in the kitchen and make a wonderful meal that I've never made before. So see, everybody has a little bit. Mm -hmm. My sister likes to paint rocks. I love that. Yeah, yeah. The little ones that you find all over town? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so she does that. And so, you know, it's kind of like finding what your creative niche Mm -hmm. is. I bet I found some of her rocks. Where does she place them? Locally? (laughs) Don't know where she places them. She's in Alabama. Oh, gosh. Well, you know what? It's a Just trend. Total side side note in speaking as we're women of faith. Yeah. When the pandemic hit, you know, at first everyone's locked down. I can't go exercise. Right, right. My dog and I found a beautiful baseball field that's closed off to the world. And we just started walking and walking. Yes. And something turquoise caught my eye. And I looked down and it was this painted rock. No. I was like... There's no way this could have gotten here. Naturally, someone obviously put it here, and I picked it up, and it said, just keep going. 
<gasps> a, I was already tired from my walk because I walked like 12 laps around the thing. And I was right. like, yes, just keep going. But I took it a step further, you know, to try and pull myself out of the slump we were in, you know, trying to be a Love quarantined that. world. Mm -hmm. And I thought long and hard about if I should take it or leave it there for someone else to find. Right. And I decided that I would take it only if I created a few rocks to then place around as well. Nice. So I gathered a few rocks, pandemic, art, craft, and I wrote something positive, some scriptures as well, and I placed them around the park. And when I would walk, they were gone. So I was so glad that people found them. So I know how much fun See, it is. See, that's innovation. <laughs> you innovated on an idea and, and made it... Pay it forward. The person, yeah, that finds it, it brings, if nothing else, a smile to their face. Absolutely. I so love I that. love that. What's your sister's name? Her name's Carrie. Carrie. Shout out to Carrie. Yeah. Keep painting She's those rocks. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I took us off track. I apologize. That's good, though. Um, you yourself uh, present as a very poised and polished and graceful well, thank woman. You. I'm curious what those three words mean to you. Poise. Poise. Uh, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, somebody who's comfortable in their own skin. Their own skin yeah. yeah, and somebody who's not worried about what people might think of them. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, they are who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Grace. Oh. Um, elegance. Not in the weird elegance kind of old-fashioned way, but just in a simple, just living simply. Mm -hmm. And just living, you know, wholesomely and authentically. To me, that's grace. I would agree. Now, um, in, in faithful relation, what does grace mean to you? Oh, um, well, of course, God's grace. And, uh, you know, the amount of grace that we've received from God, you know, from him, how can we extend it then to others? And so um, I'm really challenged because I am a hard-hitting, direct person, and I don't often put myself in other people's shoes. That's a real effort for myself. But when I'm able to stop and think, how can I extend grace to this person? A lot of times it's my husband because, you know, the people closest to us, we, you know, a lot of times we don't appreciate it as much, right? But anyway, yeah, how can I extend grace to my children or to a frustrating employee or a client that's really high maintenance? And that just takes me back to just that simple, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. So, you know, the grace I've received, push it forward. I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. I have a funny question for you. Uh-oh. What's your favorite Chick-fil-A sauce? <laughs> I love the buffalo. The buffalo. I like I'm that all too. About the buffalo. I asked someone that and they said they don't eat sauce at Chick-fil-A. What? I said there's Dale. no way you could enjoy Chick-fil-A. Chick no, Get no. out of here. No, I don't know how but I know the buffalo sauce is popular. I actually worked a shift. I volunteered a shift in a Chick-fil-A one time. Did you? Yes. I did it for my son-in-law. He's a Chick-fil-A owner operator. I'm like, I want to see what happens behind, you know, the scenes. The scenes. Yeah. I want to see what happens where the magic happens. And it was so funny because he put me on drink station. Uh. And I couldn't keep up. And the he's amount like, of sweet tea that oh people drink. Oh my gosh, but not just that. They have this and they have that and they mix it and they, oh my goodness. I'm like, he's like, I think I'm going to um, put you with our delivery girl. You're going to ride shotgun with our <laughs> delivery girl. I'm like, oh, demoted. You know, talk about a wonderful business model that is faith-based yes. and community-oriented and has just delightful employees. It mm -hmm. seems everybody that I encounter there is really, truly, you know, excited to work there and they have a pleasant an attitude. Yes. That business model just goes to show you mm -hmm. um, that if you do something well and do it right and you have a heart of service, that you will 
Yes. I, I agree with you completely, Amanda. And I think that's why they are so popular. People always have a good experience. Mm-hmm. You know, customer experience is a big thing right now. But one thing I've always admired them the most about is their second mile service slogan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that, I I but they teach it from the very earliest days and from that, you know, that frontliner who's taking our order or even wiping down the table. How can you go the extra mile to serve the customer? Mm-hmm. And that has been my kind of, uh, I've just taken that. It's like, you know, when I go to a hotel, for example, and I'm checking out, well, you know, obviously they have people that come in and clean your room, right? But do I have to leave my room yeah. a complete disaster? Mm-hmm. No, I do not. I can clean up mm-hmm. for myself, right? And just how can I um, use the, the service attitude of Chick-fil-A and their, their motto, second mile service, to really bless others mm-hmm. that come behind me. And so I love the idea of the rocks because mm-hmm. that's a great example yeah. of when you painted those rocks and placed them in the park. Good job. Set them forward. I do the same thing in a hotel room. I take yes. all the towels, I put them in the tub so they're in one place. Yeah, yeah. I put everything, you I know, all the linens on the bed because it's just... It's a reflection on you. It's just coffee grounds it's and crazy. trash and stuff everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think that's a really good thing, and not just to help the person, but I think it develops in us an attitude of putting other people's needs first. Mm-hmm. And consideration. Know. And consideration. Be, be a kind person. It doesn't cost anything to be Nothing. kind. My mom always taught me to leave something better than the way that you found it. I like, see, that's the exact, that, that is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- w- wherever you are, do something above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave, leave something, better. leave it better. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Lori, I'm um, curious, what type of people do you look to work with in work as worship? Right. So if anybody listening would like to get a hold of you and maybe see if they'd be a good fit for your program. Right. So um, obviously being a solopreneur, I am um, not taking on a ton of new business unless it's under the Iron Forums banner, right? And of course, the business owners and uh, C-suite executives and nonprofit leaders are great prospects for work as worship. But um, I do serve a lot of nonprofits in giving fundraising um, strategies, sort of um, wisdom, and serving them in that way, um, and that's you know there's been a tremendous amount of growth in the nonprofit sector, and so I know one of the pain points for nonprofits is they never have enough money, mm-hmm. right? And there's some really important uh, there's just some important best practices for how you develop your donor base and how you care for your donors. So mm-hmm. that's something that I do. Um, pro bono, but I also do it, uh, you know, on a on a fee basis. Very nice. Yes. Well, thank you. Yes, I want to give a couple shout outs before please. we, as we round the end of our segment, and please feel free to to chime in with anyone you want to shout out. First, I'd like to share your LinkedIn information. If anyone listening would like to connect with Lori on LinkedIn, she is there, and it's L A U R E A N N E. H-O-F-F-M-A-N. So that's Lorianne Hoffman. And I would like to connect with you on LinkedIn also. And I am Amanda Pierch Marmalejo. And that's Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H-M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. All right. 
now we wanted to say thank you to Chrissy and also Gabrielle for thank introducing you, us you. because I think this is going to be a long lasting friendship. Yes. Also, we want to give a shout out to our other sponsor, Colleen, who is with NEMA. And lastly, our mutual friend, Stephen Julian. Julian, Stephen Julian. We We're go so far back. We go so far back. As a fellow podcaster, he hosts a podcast called Cards on the Table, and it is a men's Christian podcast women can listen to. And it's actually featured on the Iron Forums website. So if you'd like to check out the website to learn more about Iron Forums and their initiatives and how you can participate, also give a click on that podcast so you can hear the great work um, that they are doing too. So now, Lori, um, it's the end of our show. Right. And I would like to ask you to please mm -hmm. leave us with some words of wisdom or parting thoughts. Oh, my goodness. That is just so heavy. Uh, it's, such it's, a, it's, light. it's such an honor to think about that. But my life verse, let me just share with you what that is, right? It's from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and the listeners will probably be familiar with, with it. But, you know, it, it's whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or in do, deed, whatever you do, whether it's in word or in deed, do it all for the glory of God. And so I believe that no matter what you're doing, whether you're filing, doing data entry, um, selling, um, cleaning restrooms in a truck stop, I don't care what you're doing, you can do it to the glory of God and it can be a ministry. It can be something missional. So I love the fact that um, God has given us work as a meaningful way to express who he is in us and who he's created us to be. So I just encourage your... Um, listeners, that whatever God's got them doing right now, even if it's not what you want to be doing for the rest of your life, you can use it to accomplish God's kingdom purposes right here and now. Mm, that's so powerful. And it's such a per reminder that, you know, nothing in life is forever. It's all mm -hmm. temporary. And also a reminder that when we reach the kingdom of heaven, we will also have jobs We'll be working too. Yes, we will so do the work working. that we're doing here on earth and do it well. Absolutely. Lori, thank you so much for your time today. I've enjoyed our conversation I tremendously. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I look forward to participating with you in Iron Forums. And for those of you out there listening, you know that you can catch Celebrating Powerhouse Women every Friday live at 1130 on businessradiox.com. You can also listen anywhere that you enjoy your podcast. I subscribe on iTunes. Where do you listen to your podcast? Mostly, mo mostly Apple. Apple Pod iTunes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Available iTunes. on Spotify or wherever you enjoy your shows. Um, for our guest, Lori, for our producer, Dan, and also for Mike, I'm your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.